Yo. What's going down? Waiting on Rob, waiting on Movie, waiting on Murph. I don't know if all of them are going to show up or not. Be the first person here. So, but that's good though. You're the fucking world champion. You should be the first person here. Damn right. You're damn right. Remember, you represent the brand, so you, you got to be on your P's and your P's. Y'all tried to play me, though. Y'all tried to play me yesterday with this impromptu challenge. This impromptu. Oh, 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 it wasn't impromptu. We, we, War Games was, was on the, the paper calendar. You were defending that War Games regardless. War Games is, is, is on the, the calendar, so you had to defend it. But it worked out for you, though. It did. Definitely did, because you know, to beat the champ, you gotta beat the champ, and I did not get beat. Which means you pulled, you I pulled out the heel victory. The rainy. Use the tights. Defending. Undisputed. Uncontested. World champion. The villain. TV. So is it your turn now to, to run through the whole the whole spiel? It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Like I said, we're, we're waiting on Moody. Uh, Moody has seen this. Merck has seen this. So we're just waiting on those to the champion. Um, Rob hasn't seen this just yet, but I'm pretty sure you know he'll check in when, when he checks in. Um, Rob is the rogue one of the group, ladies and gentlemen. He does his own damn thing. Oh, man. How you doing, man? You hanging in there? Hanging in there, man. Hanging in here. Ready to talk about winter is coming. Ready to talk about war games. Um, and ready to talk about, well, actually ready to also talk about what happened at war games. Um, the fact that you retained your world heavyweight championship. And the fact that I lost my television championship. So, you know, we have tons of things to, to discuss. How does it feel to not win anything? My time shall shall come when it comes. Here's my thing, right? I am, I'm missing the man. I am So it's it's my job to to make sure, what's up, Moody? What's up, Murph? Yeah. Hey, what up? Can y'all hear me? Yep. Can you hear us? Uh, yep. All right, Moody, can you hear us? Hello? Moody, can you hear us? Yeah, I got you. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, it's my job as the booker, DB. It's my job as the booker to... To, to make sure that, that the talent looks good, like the talent that I have on the roster, it's my job to, to make sure that y'all get over. And if I have to take the beginning L's in order to, to come back with the biggest victory in the year, then that, that's what happens. And with me and you going one-on-one at the Royal Rumble, I hope you don't think that this is just like a, I hope you don't think this is like a flyover match. Like, yes, Mr. Kilimanjaro himself gave Look me at this group of sorry sex. Quiet. Gave me the opportunity <laughs> to, to take you on at the Royal Rumble. But I plan on coming in, winning, and then going on to face whoever wins the world title, the world television title match. And you know, 
and walking out with two titles. That, that's my plan. To beat you at TLC, go on to the Royal Rumble and walk away with two championships. Is he but, still touching him? Yeah. Is he still touching himself about two titles? Really? He is. He is. I'm gonna and beat you. I'm gonna beat you and have two up. titles. And he just woke up. Wait a, minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He just said he's the Booker too. So wait a minute. The Booker is is booking himself with titles. Wait a minute. Oh. Is, oh. Wait a minute. Hold on. That's, first, and first and foremost, hold on. Murph, what are we talking? About? Nobody's getting the title shots at me because you know my opponent. Well, hold on. Wait, hold on. Before, before we hop into that, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fine episode of Black Guys Talking <laughs> About Wrestling. We are on episode twelve of this wonderful podcast. You have me. Your boy Way. You also have Mr. Murph in the building. You have the wild card himself, Moody, in the building. He is your current brand new BGTW World Television Champion. You also have the reigning, defending, undisputed BGTW World Heavyweight Champion DB in the building. And then, and ladies and gentlemen, God damn it. <laughs> Just take a moment. Take, take a moment for yourselves. I want you to enjoy this. I want you to enjoy being able to hear my voice yet again and understanding that you're witnessing greatness. I want you to understand exactly whom it is that you've been graced with to, today. None other than the head of the table, the Kilimanjaro of this group. Again, I am the mountain upon which they tried to ascend. They may reach the pinnacle, but they will never get to the top. The air is far too thin. I change them. They'll never change me. <laughs> but please continue, Wayman. I hope that you enjoyed being able to, you know, give a little bit to the people and, you know, book yourself in made up title matches again because you can't see it's, it's hilarious that you can't seem to quite get over you 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 change the rules and then you lose to the very rules that you set up and then you just I don't know but it's my I, job to make sure it's my job to make sure the talent gets over but I'm a gracious and, and, and if I'm not mistaken you sir are the best the best in the world right now you also have the the future of the company and DB coming along and then you also have the new addition the wild card you have the veteran that is Murph and then you have me the rookie again and, and here I am yet still a gracious humble and giving head of the table because while you're so so anxious to have me, you know, go into rematches and invoking my rematch clause. What did I do? I instead went to the very bottom of the barrel just to give you a little bit of shine. And I gifted you an opportunity. Hey, come here. I gifted you an opportunity in order to white, white allow you to be able to do something. And 
We'll see how it goes, man. We, we will definitely see how it goes. But ladies and gentlemen, what we're talking about is at last night's uh, NXT War Games, we had two matches. We had Murph versus DB in a match for the BGCW World Heavyweight Championship. And then Moody took me on in a match for the BGCW World Television Championship. So basically, long story short, let me let y'all know how this went, and then we'll let we'll you ain't even got to draw. Point. You ain't even got to drag it out. At the end of the day, Wayman lost again. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Wayman lost. Wayman, Wayman gave himself a title out of nowhere, and then lost the title. I pulled a, I pulled a Cody Rhodes. Also a rookie at that. Out you there. didn't even pull a. You didn't even pull a Kofi, oh, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, no. I'll be shitty too. You are, we'll carry on. Wayman. Wayman is officially the shock master of BGTW. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, Not the shock. Okay. Right. Right. All right. I'll take that. Made up. Made up a championship right. and lost just, it. Just wait. Just that wait. fast. Just wait. When I walk out of TLC, the new the new world champion. It'll all be worth it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. But let's go ahead and start this off first with a word with a word from our new BDTW World Television Champion, Mr. Moody. Give a give a word to the people. Tell them how you feel right now, sir. Uh, well, honestly, I expected this because I, you know, I don't fall into no pressure, bro. I do this shit. I do it, bro. Anything I say I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take it. It's just the way it's gonna fucking be, man. You feel me? Just that's the way it's gonna be. So with that being said, this BG BGTW championship, I'm after that shit too. I'm going to be a dual champion. And nobody's gonna stop me. Not nobody. I don't care who it is. Okay. And DB as our defending BGTW World Heavyweight Champion. How do you feel, sir? Let me let me stop you right there. Every time you say, every time you say my name, you say it right. I am the reigning, defending, undisputed, uncontested, emperor of this nation. I am the top dog. I am the best. Nobody can see me. Nobody can touch me. Nobody can feel me. Unless I let you. I'm good. I'm confident. I'm chilling. Next man up. Who want it? Who can get it? And that would be me, sir. So basically, I was going to have Rob you know, cash in his rematch club, but he, he turned the opportunity down for TLC. So it'll be me versus DB in a match for the BGCW World Heavyweight Championship at TLC. And Murph will be going up against Moody for the BGTW World Television Championship at TLC. Now, what makes that very, very interesting is this. The winner of each championship match will face each other at the Royal Rumble, at the end of the night, at the end of the Royal Rumble, we will have 
a dual champion. It can be anybody. And that's what makes this all the more interesting. It can be Murph. It can be DB. It can be Moody. It could be me. Or you're wasting your breath you're wasting your breath everybody knows it's going to be me there's nothing anybody can do about it you cannot delay the inevitable the inevitable even even when you made up this random ass TV championship it was destined to be mine so no matter what you do no matter what anybody does championship championship plural belong to me that's it that's all anybody else uh, first and foremost, I could have swore with the picks. Did we or did we not tie? And tie automatically champion. Third. Oh, wow. Okay. Tie, tie does go to the champion. Third. Third. Whoa. I won. That's it. Handful of tight, Everybody saw it. Everybody knew it. You were done. I, I don't everybody, know what Everybody saw it. All I know is the end of the night last night, I was still the champion. So, with that being said, me as the champion, I guess we're going to have to talk about the elephant in the room that happened this week. Um... How did y'all feel when y'all saw Sting debut down there? At AEW. The place, no, at the AEW. place that will not be named. The and place that will not be named. We have, we're have we going to cover Winter is coming. So we might as well say it now before, before that comes up. Um, you know, for me, I'll, I'll start. For me, you know, it was inevitable. Because it, it seems like whoever leaves WWE somehow, some way finds themselves there. And, you know, he's 61 years old. I guess, you know. So, what, whatever. You know, I, I don't have a issue with it. I don't have a problem with it. So, it is what it is. It's good to see, you know, Steve around. But, you know, I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it seriously at all. Personally, See, y'all don't like hearing me. I'm gonna say y'all don't like hearing I me. Like it. I like it personally. Like Sting, seeing Sting on TNT for the first time in like 18 years was 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 shocking. Um, as far as Sting coming to AEW, that was that was very much hinted around the way that their TNT champion Darby Allen would be in like the Raptors kind of like Sting used to be. They kind of tell, they really telegraphed that this was happening. Uh, 
but I, I feel like it I feel like it does put it puts eyes on the product. Like everybody's kind of waiting to see what Sting will do. Now if AEW does what they have a history of doing with this type of shit, they probably gonna fuck it up and waste the opportunity that they have. But for right now, just just with the question you asked how we feel about Sting coming to AEW, I like the way it looked with his intro and I hope that I hope they treat it right. But that's that's a fifty fifty. <laughs> You really said it's gonna be a 50-50. Oh, you poor naive. Weird, weird small man. Number one. Sting is damn near 60 years old. He's 61. At this point, what do you what joy? does anybody get from Sting being anyway look here I have never like I, I get the the nostalgia that people have for cats that you know we grew up on but we have to understand something these people get old <coughs> Some of these guys in their 40s are too old to be doing what they're doing. Sting is not one that I'm interested in seeing in a match with anybody. I don't want to see Sting mentor anybody. I don't want to see Sting managing anybody. I want Steve Borden to go home and be retired. If it's not like I'm not going to take away from Sting's legacy and the accomplishments that Sting had in WCW for you know some 20 years, even for what he did in in uh, in TNA you know how he kind of reinvented himself a little bit down there Mm -hmm. and was still able to keep himself uh, relevant when he was in TNA but Sting has to realize that he is not supposed to be out here still trying to he got injured up against uh, Seth Rollins and I remember catching an attitude about it like man Seth was really sloppy with that and then I thought to myself no Sting is old like how else is is an old man supposed to respond to catching a buckle bomb you get a concussion and almost die your brain is old your body is old this is why Goldberg F's up jackhammers this is why Goldberg doesn't take bumps well anymore like he ever took him well in the first place. But, you know, again, you see where I'm going with this. There is absolutely nothing of value other than name recognition. What are what are AEW fans cheering about? Oh my God, Sting's in AEW now. Doing what? For me personally, oh, so is it was a Jake the Snake Roberts. So is Jake the Snake Roberts. So is Arn Anderson. 
So is Tully Blanchard. The only old person in AEW that I'm excited about is Jim Ross. And even Jim Ross is slipping. I just threw it out. I said what I said. The only person, the only old person in AEW that I get excited about is Jim Ross. And even he's slipping. At the end of the day, I'm tired of and yes, I'll say it about the WWE. At the very least, when Edge came back at the Royal Rumble, Edge was not in his 50s talking about, yeah, I, I want to give him one more run. Edge had to bow out because of injury, came back in his mid-40s and said, okay, I'm going to try this one more time. And then he said, hey, I'm not about to work a full schedule either because I realized that I could die doing this. You know what I'm saying? You have to give it up to the younger guys. I, I told you guys in the uh, in the group chat last night that I was watching the Keith Lee uh, twin. Okay, hello. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck just happened. I, I really don't know what the fuck just happened. Me neither. Oh well. All I basically want to say is I will take his AEW run over to the Yeah, well, well, why we got run. you two here? So, That's just me. So this could potentially be the match for, for the World Rumble. It could be you, DB, defending your World Heavyweight Championship versus you, Moody, defending your World Television Championship. So y'all talk for a second. Like, how... Remind how me to... I feel like it'll be best for business. Do we have to fight Wayman right now? Is that what's going on? Yeah, I, I think we do. I think we got to jump him. I just seen everybody's names going away. I was like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> Did I see mine? It is. I was like, oh, I don't know what happened. Yes, just something. something are we? My internet just messed up, but we, we're back. We're back. We're back. But Moody, Moody. Uh, are we? Were we? Were we yeah, still we're on the sing, the sting topic real quick? Because I was gonna say something. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, kind of what. Uh, I'm for the most part I agree with Rob. I it didn't do anything for me. I'm like, oh, okay, what for? I mean, I do believe that he's not gonna fight, but I mean, I'm not excited at all. I mean, if he hadn't if he hadn't gotten hurt in the match with Seth Rollins, I might be a little bit more interested because his match with Triple H showed that he could still work good enough but now that he had the injury and he's a little bit older even since that match i mean who who the hell would want to see that i don't i don't i've got no excitement about it because they plus it's aw should we really take anything seriously that they do i mean come on they don't take themselves seriously so i mean i'm does nothing for me so i definitely agree with rob i mean what's the point how does this help your company grow? I mean, sure, it's going to get some eyes, but uh, that's that's talent to a certain degree is the least of their problems. I'd rather watch Awesome Kong fart into a trash can than watch Sting. Oh my God! <laughs> watch Sting wrestling another match. Yeah, I don't want to. I, 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 I don't want to see. 
as the person here that, that watches AEW, but again, I watch AEW in an objective way for what it is, with the understanding of, of what I believe good actual professional wrestling is supposed to keep. And I watch AEW with an objective eye. If if they can use him correctly in some sort of way without having him fucking wrestle, I think it might be a good thing. But that's your problem. What's what, what is using him correctly at 61 years old? As a book, absolutely he not. He could be a he could be a rope for Darby Allen, who is turning who is that's, starting out to be. He could be a what? Star. I said he could be. He could yeah. give Darby Allen a, a, a rope. He's not going. I don't even see him in the ring wrestling. To be honest, I feel like he's going to be more of a manager for WWE. Did you just? He's not going to wrestle. Did you, you just say to. a rub? But you just said he's going to be a rub for for Darby Allen. I feel what like does, what rub do you get for wrestling a sixty-one-year-old man? Dude, look, New Jack, thank, New Jack, infamously wrestled. Um, Wrestled a wrestled a guy who was in his seventies. Uh, like I know exactly what you're talking about. And he almost killed him because he, because Somebody they were calling him a nigga in the in the crowd. Oh, you know what I'm saying? New Jack, New Jack said it was because the old dude was trying to cause spots. No, he didn't have a problem. No, he had a problem with somebody else calling spots. He said the old man refused to sell. On top of the fact that they were calling him a nigga in the crowd. Uh, I, was fucking starving. I got you. So what rub so what rub this thing give dog? Come on. Let's let's be real. I feel like an association with Sting from Darby Allen could boost his star power. He's almost the first star that AEW has made. Like people outside of the wrestling wrestling world know of Darby Allen. Lies. Well, I'm in the wrestling world and I barely know who Darby Allen is. Yeah, see, the only reason why I can't necessarily agree with that is simply because, okay, well, if it's about making stars and all of that stuff, I think of a couple of guys before I get to Darby Allen, not saying that there's not potential there, it's just hard for me to take. What's up? What's up? What's it's hard for me to take a guy who. I don't know where that's coming from, but no, it ain't me. It's Dwayne. You uh, know it's uh, Dwayne. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, all I know is I can't even get into Darby Allen just simply because he's he's five foot Ooh. nothing and a hundred and nothing. So. How about this, fellas? If you're in a place that is prone to have noise, mute your mic. <laughs> you're not talking. <laughs> but like for, for me, um, like we're we're talking about star power. We're talking about people building stars. Um, yeah, AEW has been just piggybacking off of you know other people's successes, which you know WWE does the same thing. When it comes to Ring of Honor guys, and um, but most of those guys go through the development, go through NXT, and then from NXT, that's when they jump to wherever they at. Um, 
but, but the, uh, I feel like the biggest problem with AEW, I feel like they do have a development, but I feel like their development was the fucking indie scene. And on the indie scene, you can get away with a lot more shit than you can on national fucking television. The thing with WWE is they have a training center, they have NXT, and they have the main roster. Well, NXT is technically now on television, so it's like somewhat of on the same thing as Raw SmackDown, but they have levels to the shit. They're going to keep you off TV because like, they feel like you're right. And with, like I said, with the indie scene, they're not teaching you how to write properly. They're not teaching you the, the fundamentals and the timing that you need to make this shit what it's actually supposed to be. I feel like that's the problem. Check this out. Actual training school to properly teach some of these fucking people that they bring in, then, you know, it is, it's fucking hopeless at this point. No, here's the problem. So. I'm, I'm going to say something that is going to be mad controversial and I don't care because I like doing that. People can people can shit on the WWE for having the WWE way of working but nobody will ever question the quality of WWE matches. Now you'll question the storyline you'll question the push that certain people have but the WWE will, will build they will beat repetition in you. You know how to bump. You know how to work. You know where the cameras are. You know how to do spots in WWE. Even for the ones that are doing crazy once in a lifetime spots. Who is playing me? What is going on? That was moving. That was moving. <laughs> but this is that's the thing again that you will never that that that's that's something you'll never question from WWE, right? And yeah. again, we can argue we can argue all day long about the the trash the trash storylines. We can argue all day long about the pushes that people should and shouldn't get. But when I look at even the cast that are coming to AEW, the ones who are there that are legitimate stars. Your Chris Jericho's, your Cody Rhodes, your 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 uh, Dustin Rhodes, your Kenny Omegas, your Young Bucks. Um, these are all guys. I mean, your your uh, what, what Jake uh, Jake Hager. The majority of their stars are guys who were who learned the ropes in WWE or some WWE adjacent company and they learn from ex-WWE guys. Even Think Lance, about it. Even Lance Archer to a certain extent. Because he, he, he was Lance Archer. Their trainers, their bookers, all of these guys are former WWE guys and all of them take the WWE way and say, hey, this is the best way to do it. This is how you Everybody. work safe. This is how you work safe. This is how you work smart. This is how you this is how you build heat. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. They Vince has fundamentally changed and impacted every single everybody that comes up. And at the end of the day, everybody wants to go there. So I say all of that to say this. When you look at the AEW product, it's on TNT, so they shoot it like like uh, like 
uh, nitro a little bit. Actually, they shoot it more like thunder because it's not even the quality that. So it's early, it's early nitro, but you know it's still kind of kind of wonky because the camera guys are sometimes out of out of place. Mm-hmm. But you get this, but they're trying to pre- present to you this polished product, but the camera guys don't know what they're doing, the directors don't know what they're doing, and while the guys working in the ring may know what they're doing at least as far as getting high spots, they know nothing about how to build story. So we we can give hell to people all day long and say, oh, they've got writers and the writers tell you tell them everything to say. The writers don't write moves. They don't tell you how to get in and, and tell and, and tell a story in the ring. And it, it'll go back to when I absolutely swore off us talking about AEW that stupid ass match uh, months ago where they put I believe it was Darby Allen in a fucking bag in a body bag yeah 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 and German yeah. what he he Germandy or no, yeah, no, no, no. yeah. He, he tossed him like he put him in the body bag and just tossed him just flung him like not safe at all fucking insane he has no he doesn't know how he's gonna land he doesn't know where he's gonna land if I overthrow him if I do and therein lies the problem you sit here and say oh well these guys are learning in the in the indies I was an indie wrestler you know what I'm saying I didn't have I I wasn't out here you know under you know, Vince or or Aaron but what Bischoff I, but what or, I mean is with, or anybody with the sort. Indies, the Indies is more of a the Indies. You have more more freedom. You have more of a a freestyle with the way that you work compared to the WWE that has that set style. That's what I mean. Like it's like no no disrespect, and I'm not like shitting on the Indies. I'm just saying I feel like like the Indies does not have a set style. So and it doesn't, but that doesn't make it that doesn't make it more exciting. You know what I'm saying? It's not even that I'm because saying the that it makes are, it more exciting. What I'm saying is like I feel like that's the reason why AEW comes across the way it fucking does. Because there's a lot of indie people, like a lot of, of indie like indie wrestlers and and fucking Tony Khan who's spending his goddamn dad's money and fucking indie trainers and they're all coming together to try to put together this national product, which is something that none of them have ever fucking done. But that's that's and the that, problem. So yeah. that's that's you, the main you problem. Tell me, I would yeah. say. Oh, okay, bet. So check this out. Um, let, let's make it. Let's make it make sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, everybody on here like everybody on the show likes likes fast food, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Bet. So being uh, being like Subway. Uh, Murph likes Burger King. Uh, Wayman likes White Castle. I like McDonald's. Right? Um, we all work there. And so we all work at our favorite spot, right? And yep. then all of us say one day, hey, let's go start a, re-, you know, we're all friends outside. Like, hey, hey, let's go start a restaurant together. But all we know is what we do. So McDonald's guys don't know how to do Burger King work. Burger King guys don't know how to do White Castle work. White Castle guys don't know how to do Subway work. And Subway guys don't know how to do shit. 
<laughs> you know what? When it comes to the booking in and particular, you... that that's definitely the fundamental problem that AEW has is because some of the people that they're putting on TV are nowhere near ready for TV. Like like nowhere near it. I've I saw a match a couple weeks ago when I last time I tried to watch AEW. I think it was a match with Big Swole, yeah. who is who is Cedric Alexander's mm-hmm. wife. Mm-hmm. She did a spot, she did the move, and then she kind of looked around like she didn't know what to do next. And I'm like, and she's just kind of walking for me, and I'm like, yo, cover her or do something. Like, go talk to the ref. You're actually supposed to, if you if you're not sure what you're supposed to do, look at the ref. They're supposed to be able to tell you. But the fucking and refs she, can do shit either. The refs are trash. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, she, because they have they have Earl Hebner there. Yeah. And and see that's and that was the other problem. The ref that was in the ring was one that I had it wasn't Earl Hebner. Was, was uh, it, it wasn't uh No, it wasn't her either. So see, we and, shouldn't know ref's name. We shouldn't know officials' names unless they're Earl Hebner, you know, Mike Kyoto, the big one. Like for me, yeah. like for Aubrey, me, Aubrey. I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm sorry to cut you off. But Aubrey, she does too much. I'm like, they what what they do? They give their their wrestlers too much leniency. They have no yes. rules. Yes. Like like the whole count the whole count out thing is uh, oh it's on the ref, the referee's discretion. So you can go 30 minutes out, you know, outside of the ring and no count out. Like, that's what the kind of that's my whole point to begin with. AEW is doing indie shit on a national television, on a, on a national television not, platform. Not necessarily. You know what? You know what? You know what? It's not necessarily, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but it's not necessarily indie shit. It's more of they're trying to do a little bit of everything. And that's what exactly. con- that's what's convoluting yes. the product yes. because you're trying to be exactly a little bit of WWE, you're trying to be a little bit of indie mud show shit as, as those are Cornette's words, uh, and then you're you're trying to do your own thing and kind of present it your own way. They're doing too much and putting it all into one package. And you know who Tony together. Khan is? Tony Khan. Tony Khan is a is trying to put together a polished ECW. And that and you can't do that. You can't do ECW, that. ECW was the only ECW was the only it was the only uh promotion that I've ever seen where the ref didn't count like when you left the ring. Like you would literally fight all over the building. It was it was an organized it was an organized bar fight is essentially what ECW was. Even when they weren't, even when they weren't doing crazy spots, even when they weren't, you know, doing blood, you never saw an ECW countout, right? Yep. The ref was there. The ref was there to call the pin or to call the tap. That's all he was there to do. Essentially, the the the, the arena was your ring, and that's fantastic. The problem is, Paul wrote that show that way. Hey. Uh, Shane, you're gonna go out here against Sabu. Uh, you guys are gonna, you know, start in the ring. Sabu's gonna do some crazy shit, and then y'all will fight. Y'all will fight out into the into the audience, and y'all, and, you know, Sabu will do some more crazy shit. But then eventually, you're gonna suplex him over the over the barrier, getting back in the ring. Uh, you're gonna hit him. You know, you'll hit, you'll hit your finish, and boom, we're done. We go home. 
and, and, and that was that was the understood go you have Cody Kenny the Bucks on top of established guys like again Tully Blanchard Arn Anderson Jake Roberts who are giving creative influence to these matches Jericho doing the same thing you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're doing all of this. You're doing all of this stuff, saying, "Yeah, this is this is gonna be cool because it's it's unpredictable," and it's and I'm I'm fine with unpredictable. You know what I'm saying? I that's one of the things that we're at that that fans of WWE are really asking for more unpredictability, more unpredictable stuff to happen on the show because you want it to be less as as Cornette would say. Less hokey, fake, comedic bullshit. I, I I agree with that to a degree, but then I'll also tell you that a part of me enjoys seeing crazy stuff like our truth as the twenty four seven champ. Those matches are fantastic to me. I don't care what anybody says. That's fun, and sometimes you need a little bit of fun to break up the monotony of things. But after that, I still need to see boys get in here and get their head rocked. I still need to see amazing matches between top guys, or a Triple H calls them, uh, calls them marquee guys. So I want my marquee guys to do that, but guess what? I want my mid-card guys and the guys who are not yet mid-card to still work like they're trying to get to the top. Again, I, mean, I know, call myself yeah. the head I call myself the head of the table and say I don't need a title because I know that wherever you put me on the show, I'm gonna give you a thousand percent, and I'm gonna make not only myself look good, I'm gonna make whoever I'm working with look good. Period. Point blank. I'm I'm vying for. Hey, I don't have to be at the top of the card to put butts in seats. And I and now they, the, that's the that's the thing that that's the thing that they put it on. Like, oh, Hogan's fighting. You know, we're coming to see Hogan. I want to be the part. I want to be that guy who you look at the car. You're like, oh shit, Rob's on the car. All right, I'm going to see the show because of Rob. I know that that match is going to be outstanding. Keith Lee did that on the Indies, and Keith Lee works insane. He's he's very quickly becoming one of my all time favorites. One because he's a black guy, but secondly and most importantly, he's a fat black guy, and he works like a damn cruiserweight. He knows I'm 300 pounds. I know I'm not supposed to do a kip up. I know I'm not supposed to do moonsaults. I know I'm not supposed to jump over the top rope. I know I'm not supposed to be running all over the place. But I can do all of that and do it all well. So guess what? I'm going to do it. And Vince hates it. And he still does it. And every time you see him on the card, let's be real. This is why I said that, again... Say I, I don't have a problem repeating because can't nobody whoop me. Undertaker as a gimmick is fantastic, but his matches, nah. Because I want to see Keith Lee matches. I can't sit here and tell you, oh man, Undertaker's fighting, uh, you know, fucking Dominic Dijakovic, and I want to watch that match. Because I can't guarantee the Taker's gonna sell anything. 
or that he's going to go along with anything that Dominic is going to work on, going to work with. Taker's opponents made that character what it was. Absolutely. But uh, go ahead, Murph, before I, because I, I know you had something to say. No, I was, I was just going to say that, um, I mean, we, we, we're all in agreement that they're, that's the problem with their overall direction, and that's why there's there's the really no sense in talking about it because the person who is doing the primary booking ha- doesn't even have any experience in the wrestling business but he's letting all these other guys who do they look at it as more of a collective and even they're coming up with stupid shit I'm 100% sure that Jericho came up with that uh, they broke into some type of song with MJF mm-hmm. I'm a thousand percent sure Jericho came up with that stupid shit. I'm a thousand percent sure that was literally all when it should be, hey, let's do something you over MJF because MJF is pretty good as a heel, but now you got him breaking in the song. What for? They say that they're basing their direction off of their fan base and that's also not wise. But with, with that whole segment, what they're doing with the inner circle, and this is just from me paying attention, um, they're about to... Jericho's about to turn face, and MJF's about to take over the inner circle. Um, either that or the inner circle is just about to, like, break the fuck up. But one of those two are the direction that they're going. But again, I get y'all. I get y'all. I was like... The last... <laughs> um... Last match I seen with Chris Jericho in it, I'm almost done with Jericho because he got blown up. <laughs> Jericho's gained a, Jericho's gained a whole lot of weight, and it's not the same. He's, I mean, yeah, he can still make guys look good. He can still do that. He'll always be able to do that. He's Chris Jericho. He'll always be able to make somebody look good, but I mean, ugh, it's 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 not the same. He's moving slower. You can tell he's getting tired a whole lot faster. And I'm almost even done watching him in the ring. I think that Cody Rhodes is the best thing that they have. I think he's the best guy that they got because he understands a little bit more than everybody else. Now, he was one of the main guys that came out and said, oh, we're, we're going to have wins and losses and and he he was he was making the stance to kind of be different from WWE. I understood all that, but see, he can get away with that because he's Cody Rhodes. We all know who his pops was, so it's like okay, you can kind of give him a pass on that. He's the best thing. He's the best guy that they got in there. And you don't need to put people on TV who are not ready. They got enough guys who have been on TV, so put them on TV until these other guys are ready. That's thing, they'll never be that, ready, though. A lot of the people that they put on TV are not ready to be on national television. They're just not. Hey, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing about them. They have two hours a week to put together their best product. You know, because because dark dark when they do AEW dark on YouTube, that's where you should you hone your craft. You know, that's where, because YouTube is whatever. That's where 90% of their fan base 
learn from everybody else he is on YouTube anyway but you got two hours every Wednesday to put your best product on TV compared to since since we're talking WWE they have three hours on Monday they got two hours on Friday they got two hours on Wednesday they got main event they got you know they, they have so much stuff so many hours of content that they got to that have to produce every week. You guys have two hours. Three. Ain't nobody counting that. You got two hours. Everyone. Dark should be. Dark should be for the people who are not ready. Exactly. You got. You know. You got your two hours that you need. You put on your product. You get your storyline. You get your guys together, and you go. They're not doing. It. What they're doing, what 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 it is to me is like the inmates running the asylum. That's like literally you got, what it is. Um, you got you got Tony Khan who who ain't really got no balls. He just got the money. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll do this. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. You said you're gonna jump into a, a pool of orange juice. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. No, man. It's not. It's not cool. It's not cool. And you know, of course, you got the people who who hate. They hate WWE so much. So no matter how dumb, the other thing is, you're gonna cheer for just because it's not WWE. And that's being. You know how this is a little bit. You know how it is uh, when it comes to uh, the the little world that we met each other in. Yes, sir. In semi-pro, this this is the same thing that happens when players decide that they want to run a team. Yep. The same thing happens in semi-pro football. It never works. When players decide they're going to run the team, it never works. It never lasts. And it's this is the same thing going on, mixed with a little bit of kind of like the Dixie Carter thing. Hey, let's just take her money. Mm. They're just taking his money. This is this is this is the retirement plan for a lot of those guys. Arn Anderson, Jim Ross, all of that. This is the this is the hey, I'm gonna go home after I get this money. I can go home. Because like you said uh, a little bit earlier, Rob, I agree with you on Jim Ross. But I think it's not because Jim Ross is losing it. I think Jim Ross genuinely doesn't understand what the fuck he's looking at and doesn't know how to explain it when they do it. Yep. <laughs> Honestly. Yep. I don't I don't it's, I don't think it's like if we if you put Jim Ross let's say you put Jim Ross at NXT right now. You mean to tell me Jim Ross would be able to get that product over? Half of the time, Jim Ross does not understand what the fuck he's looking at, and he and he's seeing things that don't make any sense whatsoever. But he can't say that over the air. He can't say that. He has to actually see, take what he's seeing, and like literally try to to put it into a way that that fans can understand. And sometimes he don't even know. I think it's more of that than him necessarily getting old. He don't know what he's looking at, bro. <laughs> So speaking of well, no, I wouldn't say that because I think that he knows what he's looking at. I think that he's he doesn't care. He doesn't care because of the fact that it, it. Like I said again, at the end of the day, here's here's how Cody got him there. Hey, Jr. Uh, 
I'll pay you what Vince was paying you because we got Tony Khan's checkbook. Um, do what you were doing in New Japan. You know, just do it next to these guys. Don't, you know, I know that you're, you know, you're more, you know, you're looking to chill and you don't want to work too hard. You ain't got to do a whole bunch of traveling, man. Just come in and we'll stick it to Vince and still get decent paydays behind it. And that's what it is. Every single one of them know that they burned a bridge because Vince is old now. So they're doing this just to piss Vince off. There you go. Knowing that knowing that at the end of the day, when Vince dies, they still got an end with Triple H. Because he's the Triple H is the is the mediator. He's the one who's like, yo, I know that I'm gonna get you guys back at some point for for something down the road because he's 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 managing and massaging all this stuff in the background. That's why he put out the he he made the comment uh, in his in that interview talking about yeah man we're open to working with anybody, but it has to benefit us. That last part is Vince. Hey, this has to benefit WWE at the end of the day. Triple H is like all right cool, I'll work with you guys. That that's the open door to cats like CM Punk. When Vince dies, Punk is coming back. When when Vince dies, Cody and AEW will do an invasion angle, and they'll start putting AEW on the network. But Vince has to die first. Things will change, but Vince right now is Vince is now the old territory guy. All the cats that he pissed off when he t- when he was taking stuff national, all them cats, that's now Vince. And he's just stewing. Well, all right, fine. I'm rich as hell. I've got all this money and I'm still running the biggest company in the world, the biggest wrestling company in the world. He has no concern about AEW's rating numbers. He does not give a damn this thing got signed. He does not care that Cody Rhodes got his name back. There is nothing, there is nothing short of John Cena going and working a full schedule at AEW which will never happen that will that will make that man nervous Roman Reigns could leave right now and go to AEW and Vince wouldn't kill him. you know why because Reigns is going to fall on his face Cena's going to succeed wherever he goes Cena puts asses in seats I wanted. I would. I wouldn't mind seeing Cena fight Kenny Omega. I wouldn't mind seeing Cena fight uh, uh, J- John Moxley or, or Chris Jericho. I, I would actually watch those matches. Roman Reigns, meh, maybe. So until then, that's what that's what happens. At the end of the day, though, they're just waiting for Vince to die, so that way they can. All right, we're we're done sticking it to Vince now. Let's go ahead and go get some real money. You'll probably see a whole lot of changes when that happens because I I, I definitely see that there's definitely going to be a lot of changes and it's going to happen real, real fast because there is no time to really take your time with it. There's a lot of things that's going to change. I think, you could, yes, Triple H is going to take over, which means Shawn Michaels takes over at NXT. 
he's probably going to fire Mark Carano, which is exactly kind of what he... No, not Carano. What's the other one? Dunn. Kevin Dunn? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Kevin Dunn. I yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. probably... The first thing he's probably going to do is fire Kevin Dunn, and I think that's exactly what should happen because, you know, from the things that I hear, he's kind of the guy that if if he says it, Vince kind of rocks with it. He's the guy that he's the guy that Vince will listen to ahead of other people that he should probably listen to as well. So yeah, you, Kevin Dunn's gonna be out of there. Carano's gonna be out of there. Sean's gonna take over at NXT. Blah blah blah. And you're gonna see it all happen. Just, just nah. Just Sean, doesn't fluid. Need, Sean doesn't need to take over NXT. That doesn't need to happen. Why not? Nah, I would bring. I would bring. Uh, no, Road Dog is still there. Road Dog will take over. Road Dog and uh, Albert, they can run in. Yeah, they're still there. Yeah, along yeah. with along with uh, St- along along with Regal. Yeah, I I do that. I'd give Heyman Raw. I'd honestly probably I'd probably put Heyman in charge of Raw and SmackDown. Creatively, and creatively, you mean? Cre- creative, creatively, make him the head of creative. He can run Raw and SmackDown. He'll fire. Half, Sean, he'll turn around and fire half of the writers. <laughs> uh, I w- you go back to wrestling writers but that's that's another story but I don't see them doing that either because again the WWE is too far into doing Hollywood stuff they have a successful I don't care what anybody says I watched the big show that was actually a really good family a wholesome family show um, yeah the movies have taken a have taken a turn but let's not forget, See No Evil was fucking fantastic. Hey, the first Marine um, they made the first Marine. They made 800 Marines. The Condemned was good. Wait, wait, they, what was that? What was that the Condemned was probably the best action joint. Like I still haven't I still haven't seen See No Evil. I still ain't seen oh, it. That's fantastic. See No Evil was fan See No Evil was actually really good. But like so I can't even I can that was the one that sold me. I'm like, oh, so they really trying to make that? That was right when they unmasked Kane, and they did the hash, and they they were half shaving his head. Not a dude. He no, was, that was wasn't that he was wasn't terrifying, but the, the May nineteenth, like the May Yeah, that's exactly what that was. But yeah, I mean, like WWE is more. They don't. They don't live and die by the wrestling in the ring now, which I thought I know a lot of hardcore, uh, you know, wrestling fans. You know that that's what they're upset about because, like, if you watch Raw and SmackDown, eighty percent of it is not going to be in the ring. Well, for Raw, I just say SmackDown it is. But, you know, eighty-five percent of it is not going to be in the ring. They all be backstage talking. Or talking in the ring, you know, it's not gonna be bell to bell, ding ding go, you know. Uh, but for that, like for the company, they're branching away from their fan base, which is pissing off some people, but you're gaining more people that way as well. So I mean, it's it's a um, it's a slippery slope what they what they do. Uh, at this moment now that they they buy Evolve 
I know they're showing Evolve on Netflix. No, they bought they bought but, yeah, them. Yeah, they bought them. That's why they're showing them. Yep. Okay. So, you know, that that's that could be their developmental right there. Evolve can be their uh, their OVW, you know, their FCW. Then you can uh, you put the people that are ready on NXT. That's your third brand. No, they're not bringing uh they're not bringing Evolve back. Yeah, they only bought Evolve, Evolve literally. Yeah, Evolve is done. They literally only did it for the library because they have so many guys that are currently on the roster that all worked at Evolve at some point in time. So they yeah. literally only did it for the library, and that's exactly why I was saying on our on our chat a few days ago that it would only if WWE was really gonna do business i think that's the only real business they could do not doing these crossovers none of that stuff just put everybody else's company on the network because i don't know about you guys but a lot of the what roh is on i can't get uh impact is on axis i gotta pay an extra 15 dollars for that package because axis ain't on it so a lot of the other stuff wrestling fans don't get to see because I, I know I'm not the only one so if they really wanted to do real business and I think that's more or less what Triple H is talking about when, when Rob says that that's Vince I think that's the only type of business Vince would be willing to do yeah I'll put your shit on the network because now you know that that is how WWE would benefit and now they don't and now these other companies don't have to take these shitty TV deals Yeah, man said what he said. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean that's the. I mean if you if we talking about real business, I think that's definitely what they mean. And if your impact, or if your Ring of Honor, come on, man, y'all really think they y'all really think Ring of Honor gonna be like, nah, we got it. We one of them was gonna say yes. So those are the things that. I think will happen when, when, if and when Triple H takes over. I mean, you put them on live. You put them on the network on Tuesday night. Yeah, Man. that means you got a different. They can stick to their. They can stick to their people's. Ross. I mean, Raw's still going to be shown on USA. Nothing changes for WWE. It's just that now the days that they're not on TV. Hey, you can turn on. You can turn on Impact. See what's going on there. Yep. Because every other company has former WWE stars. So when people see them, they're going to be like, oh, that's oh, I know who that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if we talking about real business, doing crossover matches and being on each other's shows and all that stuff, that ain't, that's, that would be hard to do because then how are you going to prevent the WWE guys from jobbing? I don't want to see, I don't want to see AJ Styles job to Eddie Edwards, just, just Not for example. Not at all. I don't, don't want to see that. So, you know what I'm saying half of the guys in WWE would have to go over, so it's like that's too complicated. That's that's way too complicated. So I mean, it, this is the better way as far as if we if Triple H is really serious and says when he means doing business, that's the ultimate business that you could do, and you could leave it at that because now you've cornered the entire wrestling market other than what they're doing in Japan. You literally got everything else covered. And ladies and gentlemen, the reason why um, Triple H made that statement is because AEW had an event called Winter is Coming, 
I'm just going to run down the card to let you all know what happened because the end result of the pay-per-view is what kind of sparked this whole crossover uh, discussion. So the first match on the card was the AEW Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal. Uh, you had what the hell is that? You had Isaiah Cassidy. <laughs> Sir Stop trying to, man. Yo, quick, trying to sneak oh, in AEW reviews. We don't know who these people I'm are. Not just to you all. This is to our listeners as well. Nobody cares. <laughs> Alex Reynolds, John Silver, Adam Page, Kip Sabian, Lee Johnson, Mark Quinn, Matt Hardy, Joe Janela, Miro, Sammy Guevara, and Jungle Boy, the last two competitors with MJF and Orange Cassidy. Then you had Chris Jericho versus Frankie Kazarian. Chris Jericho on over. Then you had Britt Baker versus Jokes and jokes and jokes and jokes and Darby and Cody versus Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs. Nobody uh, cares. This was the match where Sting came out um, and announced that they would be on AEW. And then you had Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. Kenny Omega won. At the end of the match, Kenny and Don Callis ran off and basically said that you can catch the follow-up on Tuesdays on Impact. Um, and that's the reason why, like, this whole this whole crossover thing has become, like, big a big discussion because people are waiting to see, like, what is AEW and Impact? What's this new relationship going to be like? But I don't think WWE can play well with others. I don't. They never have before. Well, yeah, because everything would have to somewhat be swayed into their direction. Like, their guys would have to be winning most of the matches in order for people to buy into it because nobody's going to buy into having AJ Styles job to somebody that people have never heard of. I'm not saying that people haven't heard of Eddie Edwards. I was just using him as an example. I mean, nobody's nobody's going to buy that. So, so that's a little bit, like I said, that's a little bit tougher thing to do. So it's that's how they wouldn't play well with others. So it's like they're gonna have their guys booking it, and it's it's. Uh, I think that's I think that's dicey. Now, of course, of course, Impact and AEW could pull something like that off, but it's okay if everybody else does it. Just uh, unless we're talking about getting your show aired on the network WWE should have no part in none of that other stuff because I got the best roster in the world pretty much there's nobody I mean, there's nobody could, could, there's nobody to compete with WWE's roster men or female nowhere agreed and and the thing about that is is that and we're talking about some people who aren't even being used properly but exactly. they're still in WWE They've got a ton of people who aren't being used properly, but at the same time, you can't one. I mean, everybody can't be figured out all at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Everybody I, can't be champion. I, I understand that. Yeah, and everybody, everybody can't be champion right now. All that stuff. I, I definitely get that. But I mean, they clear, clear in a way, clear in a way, have the best roster. Really, the other companies, there's only maybe a handful of guys that I can think of that should be in WWE like right now there's literally only maybe a handful that are not in WWE that should be so the gap is very wide as far as talent is concerned 
Um, and also with WWE on their on NXT, uh, they had a pay per view yesterday, War Games, uh, just to run down that card and the results of War Games. You had Team Candice versus Team Shotzi. Team Candice won. You had. You sound so defeated now. Like, you had versus Timothy Thatcher. You had Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes. Loomis won. Then you had Gargano versus Priest and Leon Ruff. Johnny Gargano won. And then you had the Undisputed Era versus Team Pat McAfee. And the Undisputed Era won. The uh, like, why you sound so defeated? You kind of hurt. You hurt, sir. Uh, the men, the men's war games match was actually pretty good. I forgot how long they can be. They kind of drag on, kind of long. But I mean, I kind of understand why that that's the way it is based on the rules. But the men's war game is pretty dope. I can't even lie. I didn't think it would be as good just because. I mean, I like Lorcan and Birch, but they're not, they're kind of under all the rest of the guys that were in the match. They might be the guys somebody could look at on TV and be like, who the hell are those two guys? Like, they might know who everybody else is, but it's like, hey, who who are these two guys? But it, it was it was pretty good. Uh, Pete Dunn was the best performer out of all of them the whole night. It was definitely, I think it was clearing away Pete Dunn. I don't know, man. Pat McAfee been showing. Oh, man, that, been showing man right. I ain't even going to get started on McAfee, man. I, I, I almost wish McAfee would just kind of drop everything else, go really learn how to bump, and go really learn how to wrestle. wrestle. He could literally, I, I wish he would do that, but he doesn't have to. And, he's, and he, to a certain degree, he shouldn't have to. There's no reason why he should do that right now, but in in just in just in a way, I, I wish he would. It's 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 a damn shame to come in. He completely understands how to be a heel. How does a guy who has no oh, formal yeah. training come in that easy? Make it look that easy. How does he know how to be a heel? To some of these other guys who have been in the business for years now, it it just it just it looks easy. people forget. People forget that Pat McAfee's actually been signed to NXT for like four yep, years. Sure has. You know what I'm saying? So people thought like, oh, he's just gonna be there and he's just gonna do commentary. No, he actually signed an NXT contract to be a performer so he sat in on these promo classes he was already a hell of a talker anyway so he now gets the opportunity to sit in on these promo classes own that stuff and they're like yo turn yourself up he didn't that's it he didn't do too much in the match he didn't do too much as in hey Pat you shouldn't be doing all that everything that he did it looked natural. It didn't look like he didn't know what he was doing. You know, man. Man, that fucker jumped off the top of the cage. It was man. It, I, I, he, so yeah, I wasn't even gonna get started on McAfee because it's like, man, what can you not say about him? But 
like as far as just performance performance wise i i mean it was pete dunn and it was kyle o'reilly to me i mean those are the guys that that really stood out in the match bro pat took all the bumps last night he did the he did the swan time off the top of the cage on everybody he did a moonsault through it put somebody through a table he took the back bump off the top through the table he took the uh panama sunrise off the second row come on yeah. man i like i like the i like all the where they had them where they had lorkin birch and dunn trapped in between the rope and the cage and they all just came by hitting them with something to get them to kind of get them all down and they could turn around and get mcafee like i kind of mm-hmm. I, I liked how they did that i liked that that was dope they kind of had them all they all hit all three of them with the same thing, but they literally went in a row. Like, all right, get him first, did him first, did him first. I like I, that was a that was a dope spot. The only thing I didn't like about it was the fact that there was no color. I remember the old WCW watches. Somebody always got color in those, like always. Now halftime it was Flair because Flair was in a lot of them, but still, I mean that kind of match. I mean I get it because they weren't taking chair shots. I mean, but I would assume that you could throw a couple of head chair shots in the match, not too many, but enough to make somebody get color. It's hard for me to watch those style of matches and nobody's got any blood on their face. I just, I, I, maybe I'm too old school. I know it's a PG era, but I mean, have those matches, those kind of matches and them be that physical and nobody's got any color. Now, a couple of guys wind up getting natural color from getting kneed in the face by O'Reilly, so that's one thing, but I'm just just talking about a little color. I mean, somebody could have took a chair shot. I mean, damn that. (laughs) Somebody could have took a chair shot. Somebody could have got busted open from their chair shot. You know what I'm saying? Somebody could have got their head grated against the cage, and then we could have had somebody get color out. Those matches are supposed to have color, I feel like. Not necessarily, man. And again, I think sometimes, especially not having a a crowd there, it doesn't it doesn't do it doesn't do any service. Okay, but also, let's let's call it let's let's call it for what it is. Blood was so was used so gratuitously in the late the mid to late nineties and through the early two thousands, man, that it just. You, you you started seeing how how much and how bad like how how dangerous it is to actually have to bleed. I was watching uh the the untold uh between Triple H and um and Mick Foley before we got on uh before we started recording, and they were talking about those two matches that Triple H and Mick Foley had back in I believe it was like. Oh six, no, it wasn't 06. Um, like in two thousand and maybe maybe around when did when did Steve Austin break his neck? Two thousand time, or when he when he was mm-hmm. like two thousand one or something like that, mm-hmm. some two thousand one, two thousand something like that. Um, and they put the strap on Helmsley. And they they did the mankind switch over to, to to Cactus Jack. So the first match they do is like this 
no holds barred, you know, anything goes match. And, you know, that's when they break out Barbie. They break out Barbie and Triple H, man, he got suplexed through. He got he got so beat up in that match. And his mom was there. You know, bleeding out of bleed he uh Mick Foley uh busted him open with the uh the two by four covered in barbed wire. And then like clotheslined him out of the ring where he literally landed right in front of his mother at the uh at the, at she the probably looked mortified. Like what in the hell? She was he. He said, "Man, she was." He said, "Man, my mother was bawling, just tears everywhere." But what also got missed is Mick Foley suplexed him on a on a uh, like a wood pallet, and he got um he almost got a staph infection from this piece of wood that got stuck in his calf. Oh yeah, he I remember that. Yeah. Literally bleeding yeah. all over the place. You know, both of these guys bleeding all over the place. But here's why, and I just found this out. Here's why they really stopped doing blood. Uh, Randy Orton, Randy Orton was fighting yeah, no, uh, the Undertaker early in his career, and uh, mm-hmm. Bob Cowboy Bob Orton was was coming out with it. Nobody knew yep. Cowboy Bob had Hep C. Mm-hmm. Cowboy Bob had apparently had had Hep C since he was a teenager. And Undertaker to fuck Randy's bleeding. Yep, Randy's bleeding. Undertaker's bleeding. Bob Orton is ble- Cowboy Bob is bleeding. And Cowboy Bob, they didn't tell the Undertaker until after the match that Cowboy Bob mm. had Hep C. And he said, "Man, I wanted to kill him." And at that point, Vince was like, nope, fuck this. We're not doing this hmm. stuff no more. So when guys go off carry, the last the last time they did it was with Brock and, and Randy. But outside of that, man, th- there's no need for it. Brock and Randy was so it was so rare at that point that Chris Jericho didn't even realize that it was part of the match. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, I'm I'm just not a fan of it. I got I got blooded out watching ECW and watching how ter- like watching how bad that stuff got, man. I've had to wrestle behind boys who bled on the on the mat, and that is that ain't fun. That is not fun at all. I've I've burned I've burned I've burned gear. Like literally set gear on fire after that. Like, yeah, I don't know what y'all got. <laughs> so, but I get, I get it. it. It adds an element to it. But I'm just not. I don't know. No, I didn't, no, I, 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 I actually that it that would make more sense as to why they don't do it. Why they don't do it? Now that that would make that makes perfect sense to me. You know what I'm saying, and I'm not necessarily saying in every match, but it's just certain matches. Just, just, just certain matches. You would think one would get, one would bleed because of the type of match that it is. So you know, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. I, but if that's the that's the reason, then that that actually makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, 
you know, like the the Crimson Mask and the old Elimination Chamber matches, like all that, you know, that's unnecessary. For me, at least, you know, a little a little color tells a story. You know, you got a little nosebleed, you got, you know, you a little bit, but you know, you bleeding everywhere, dripping blood and sweating like I know Let me it ask wasn't you this question. Do you think that Brett and Austin would be what it was if it wasn't for the color? Mm. Well, up until up until Austin got color, it was still a hell of a match. But I think but that's that I think it was more more or less the visual. That it Bret was Hart. the visual of Austin being in the sharpshooter, him riding and the bang, and then the and then the, the 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 video the the shot of him screaming in agony, face face all bloody. I think that. That added to the mystique of the match. Yeah. So I think that was just that was yeah, just something I, that, that we'll always remember because we'll always have that image in our head. So when you're talking in that form, yeah, it was it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. But I mean, yeah, I mean, but it was it was still before that, it was still a great match. So without the blood. I'd still remember that match personally. Triple H versus Vince McMahon for the WWF yeah. Championship. With Vince McMahon busted up and bloodied in the fucking corner, do you think that that color in that instance helped or hindered the match? Oh, when when Vince came up, when Vince peeked his head up over the yeah, that uh, was at, that was at nineteen against the, Hogan. Uh, that was a, that was at WrestleMania nineteen against Hogan. That was the dopest shit ever, right there. That was Vince. Smackdown. I remember. I think it. I know the match you're talking about. He didn't too. need it. No, he. I mean, he didn't need it, but it was. I mean, again, that was Vince trying to be one of the boys. Again, there's absolutely points where you have, where you have those iconic. Again, those those great like, shots. Like that I said, work Vince versus television Hogan. or work the, on the color in that moment. Made that, I feel like that made that. Like Vince with the creepy evil smile peeking up over the canvas. Because where was it at? Where was it at? At WrestleMania, right? Their, yeah. Their, their most important pay per view of, of the year. Yes, you have to do it that way. Rock Hogan, you, I mean, Rock Austin, uh, too. You had to do it that way. Yeah, that's because Rock got yeah. hit with them chairs today because he got hit with those chair shots today. Yeah. yeah. So like for me, for me, like the natural. Now, now the way they do it naturally makes it more important. You know how Lesnar, a Lesnar, he he's breaking, he's you know cutting people on purpose because he can do that without hurting. You no know, Orton when he knows when he bloody his nose, nigga, that hurts. <laughs> well, I know, well I know it hurts. I know it hurts, but you know, not you know, you're not gonna get permanent damage. You know what I'm saying? Dude. Yes. He alright now. That's what I'm saying. So no, but no, I get what you're saying, but no, the hard way is not the best way. I agree. The quick and easy way the quick and easy way is the tip of a razor blade. The problem is most guys Yeah, they end up they end up cutting themselves too deep when across the forehead you only gotta go a little bit. And it's gonna naturally just spew out, so you only got to yep. do it a little bit. But what a lot of guys end up doing is they end up cutting themselves 
too deep. Don't, now you got to get 15 you, stitches in your head. Once you start sweating, the, the, color, the color automatically like starts to, to place itself, so you don't really have to, to do much in that. Believe it or not, it, it's not even a sweat. So because of, if you notice, uh, watch, watch some of those old matches with Hogan. And Hogan bleeding, it's not sweat. That's his blood. When you blow yourself up, so you ever see Hogan when he's, you know, just blowing breath, like he's pursed his lips and he's blowing air out over and over, and then you just watch the blood cascade down his face. That's why he's doing that, because he's trying to get it going. And once you stop doing that, it clears up. It it'll sit you'll you'll start to clot up and and you're good but the more that you're forcing blood to your face the more it's gonna bleed Mm -hmm. that makes sense but then you got guys like new jack or uh, (laughs) abdullah the butcher or dusty Rhodes, devon dudley who have cut themselves so many times uh bruiser brody oh my god his head looked like a vagina (laughs) <laughs> it's terrible. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, but it's it's just years of doing it and doing it too deep and going too far. The worst ever. There, there's not much video of it. With that mass transit oh, situation, he could have killed. He could have killed that kid, man. I don't. I'm trying to figure. Well, no, I'm trying to figure out how does that even happen, I, like. I, I, I know the story and everything, but it's not, uh, like not true. Not true. No, it wasn't true, Heyman. Not true. Paul Heyman wasn't reckless. Heyman wasn't reckless. That kid brought his dad. You're right. And his you're dad right. bounced you're right. for him. You're right. You're right. Because right. then his dad was also in the crowd talking about. So, he's, he's so 17. Don't, Get him out of there. He's 17. You brought that on your yeah. fucking son. Yeah. You brought don't, that on him. Don't. Don't don't show up. Doc, I told you guys, man. I started I started in wrestling when I was when I was 17 years old. So I had to sign off and my mother had to sign off. And when I was uh one of the kids, uh the, the promotion that I was wrestling with had a number of underage kids that were there. Most of us I mean most of us were in high school and that was just the way that it worked. But I had to go meet this kid's mom. Him, I had to go meet this kid's or his grandmother is um is who he was staying with. So me and the promoter, who was also a teenager, go to meet this kid and his mom. And here I am, 17 years old, you know, like you know, world, you know, the world in front of me, arrogant as hell. And this uh this mother is clearly worried about what her son is about to get into because we've shown her like tapes we brought her tapes of what we do how it works xyz and she looks she, we pause the tape and she looks us in the face she says okay now tell me the truth is this fake and i did not miss a beat i looked at elderly woman in her face and i said ma'am do you want to get in the ring with me and find out? And the look on her face 
versus the look on my on the promoter's face. And he grabbed me like, no, you can't say that. I'm like, no, I'm absolutely gonna say that. You're not gonna disrespect what we do. And if you want to see if this is real or not, this is real or not. I want you to know that I'm going to that I take this very seriously. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and hurt you. I'm not gonna hurt. You. I, I want I need to work with you and you work with me so that we go home. That's the end of the day. That kid got into that match with a person whom he knew was already unstable. He knew already that that man was not keen on, oh, I'm gonna go ahead and be cool about you taking, you know, you telling me that you wanna call spot and you telling me that you wanna, you wanna do all these different things. At the end of the day, this kid got in there, lied about his age, and then disrespected mm-hmm. New Jack. Yeah, I want to do this spot. I want to do this spot. I'm going to do this spot. And New Jack's like, no, your job is to come in here and get your ass whooped and get your check and go home. But since you want to do all of this, I want to get some color too. All right, cool. I'm going to give you all the color you can handle. I I totally understand New Jack's position, but even though, let me say, New Jack is a menace to society. He absolutely right. because I, in the breath in the same breath big grind big grind also say New Jack stabbed the man not, God no no nope. big grimes no. earned that one too but when he <laughs> why would you want to do any of that with a well, minister society <laughs> no, no 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 here's my here's my beef with Vic Grimes again Vic Grimes got into that ring knowing what the spot was going to be and decided that hey I'm going to pull up at the I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a chicken shit out at the last minute and the way he fell he fell on Jack's head because he decided that he was going to do everything about for those who have never been in a ring before did you, y'all saw the match last last week they just showed the clip of um, Jeff Hardy versus Elias right no, he barely missed. He barely missed. But that shows you just how much like you're dealing and you're dealing in in not inches, you're dealing yep. in millimeters in that ring from time to time. I the the reason that we run you through bumps and teach you how to do the stuff that you do is to make sure that it's muscle memory. I slam you 50 times a night. So that you realize, I gotta tuck my head into my, I gotta tuck my chin into my chest. I gotta make sure that my back, shoulders, and hips all land at the same time, so that I lessen the impact that I'm going through. So no matter where I'm at, every time I do this, this is how I save my, this is how I protect myself. When you don't do that, you are bound to hurt yourself. And Vic, he, Vic hesitated just long enough to fall after uh after New Jack and land on that man's head. I would have I would have threw his oh, ass yeah, over I was, the, I was about to bring up the table. So how you feel about that? I one? absolutely I, I would have absolutely threw his ass over that. Now when he stabbed that dude, uh <laughs> that was when he went to the same thing 
when he stabbed the man, he tried to teach you. Same thing is it's the same thing as when Owen Hart dropped Austin on his head. They said, I remember seeing the story. Austin said they talked about it before the match. He says, Yeah, I'm pal drive you. And he says, you Okay, not. you're gonna drop to your you're gonna drop to your you're gonna drop to your knees, right? Then, no, no, I'm gonna drop ass. Like, do you know how to give that? <laughs> That's what Austin asked. He's like, Do you know how to give that kind of pal driver? And I was like, Yeah, 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 I got it. And when you when he pulls him up, you can see you can see the top of Austin's head coming underneath. Yeah, you can see him coming underneath Owen's thighs. Yeah, you can see it. Low. It was like, uh-oh. And when I remember watching the match as a kid, when they played the when they played the replay, I saw it instant. I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah, it was it was it was bad. It was it it that those kind of things. It only takes a little bit to screw up, literally. Speaking of screw up, by the way, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's inch. It's, fucking Washington football team beat the Steelers. I'm sorry, I had, I had to throw that in there. Just, just speaking of screwing up, um, that, that that just hurt my. Uh, nobody can go undefeated. Not anymore. It's all right. Nobody can go undefeated. But at, in, at the end of the day, that's that's the issue that you run into. It's a you, wrestling. For, for everybody who says, and again, I say it to this day, I ain't wrestled in over 10, I ain't wrestled in over almost 15 years. But the truth of the matter is, the last thing you're going to do to me is get me in, is I, I can still get in the ring and I can still bump. It's going to hurt when I first go. Back bumps, front bumps, flips, the whole nine, all of it's going to hurt. But I still know what I'm doing. I still know how to fall. I'll, I'll never hurt myself in a slip and fall. So if y'all ever hear, man, Rob slipped and fell in the store and got paid, I faked it. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I spread it all out, but I limped the hell up out of there. Like, oh, oh, my neck and my back. <laughs> I need 150,000. Because I'm, I'm taking, I'm going to take that bump. And I'm gonna walk all. I'm gonna take it all the way to court. Like, yeah, y'all messed up. Pay me my this money. Not, this is what y'all, what y'all shouldn't have done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but after that, yeah, nah. But it's it's a that I, that's why I'm so adamant. And my my friends and family still to this day, like Rob, you shouldn't be so you shouldn't be so passionate about this man. You know, it, you know, wrestling is just it's just wrestling. It's just wrestling. No, you're not gonna sit here and disrespect the sport of it again i get the i get what you're talking i get what people talk about when they talk about the theatrics i get what people talk about when they talk about oh well you know the mat you know the matches are predetermined you're absolutely right they are predetermined we do know who's gonna win and who's gonna lose but what you will not do is call it fake because call it fake and then you gotta see me and i will go athleticism they still have to go out there and put their bodies on the line Man, uh, Cedric Alexander's finisher is called the lumbar check. He takes a fully grown, puts his knees. You you checked out the yeah, first second, like you. Yeah, yeah. He puts his knees. He puts his knees in a grown man's back while landing flat on his, bringing all momentum down on his knees. Through the knees. Yep. You mean to tell me? 
Oh yeah, man, that don't hurt. Bitch, have you ever had knees in, 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 your in Japan? They drop you on All your right, Let me do. Let me do it to you then. Suplexes or like tiger suplexes, German suplexes. They're dropping you on your neck. They don't drop you on your neck. They drop you on your shoulders. Like, the angle from, that they use. From from what from what they I do those high angles. What I read, it said that like in the dojos, they they strengthen their neck to be dropped on their neck. Like, oh yeah. Why do you think Chris Benoit's neck was so thick? It was like Kota Ibushi. Guerrero's too. Kota Ibushi versus. Yep. yep. I want to say Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, but it was Kota Ibushi was in a match in New Japan and the bumps him and his opponent took were every everything was literally on their neck. Like somebody got dropped on the guardrail on their neck. Somebody got dropped on the stairs on their neck. Like and it was just like it was cringy. It was cringy. The guy that I the guy that I respect to this day, and I don't know how the hell he's still walking, was uh who was it, he uh he fought Mike Masato, yeah, Tanaka. Tanaka. Masato Tanaka. Masato Tanaka. Masato Tanaka took full on chair shots to the top of yep. his head. ECW. He took he was taking these spike power bombs. And he was taking these really high angle suplexes and yep. all of this stuff on his shoulders and neck. But then I look at his neck and I'm like, oh, that's why. Yeah, you build up your neck in order to sustain that kind of stuff, but you're still spreading that out over your over a larger surface area. You have to. That is the smart way to work. You can't work like that night in and night out and think that you're going to walk in five years. I, I learned something that I didn't know about even the diving headbutt. You know what I'm saying? If, if you do it over time and over time, uh, it really does it really does screw up your neck. But Harley Partially the reason why the problem, <laughs> yeah. Benoit had the problems that he had. Harley said that, though. Harley said he hated that he started doing so it's, that. So there's a lot of elements that definitely... Because like, Harley passed it on to, to the Dynamite Kid. Dynamite Kid passed it on to the Pegasus Kid, Chris Benoit, and then, then Daniel Bryan got it from Chris Benoit, and it's fucked up every single last one of them, from Harley down to um down to Bryan. Yep, and it was Harley. I think Harley was one of the first guys to really use it, and once he was done wrestling, he would tell guys, "Don't do that move. Like, don't do it." And that's that's exactly why Bryan. You know, obviously, because of Brian's injuries, he had to stop using. I think. I, I, I think recently I've seen him use it though. Did he? I feel like again, I, I may be having like. I may be nah, having, I haven't seen. Him I wouldn't imagine the WWE would allow him to use it. To be honest with you. Damn, Brian. Exactly. Damn, Brian's a I would. I would let him do this, but no, I, I get. It. I, uh, I just I, again, I just could swear I feel, I feel like I've seen him use it, but again, I may be tripping. But yeah, like the the diving headbutt is a, a dangerous fucking move. It's dangerous as hell. But something that like something that like, uh, look at New Jack. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That was one of New Jacks. Man, don't don't even bring up New Jack, man. He's a minister society, so anything that anything that he does is anything that he does is nuts. 
Hey, I'm from hey, I'm from Naptown. He can come get it if he want it. Believe me. Hey, hey, I, I don't care. <laughs> he ain't the only one. I'm, I'm telling you, all, he ain't the only one. Don't get stabbed around. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Around. Hey, if he want that kind of action, he can come get it. I ain't even tripping. He gonna have Mustafa. With I'm just saying. Team. I'm just saying. Like, hey, let's not let's not take anything that he does. That, Oh, so, it so, just so, happened. So, oh, so dude. You're telling me if, if, if New Jack and Mustafa were knocking on your door, you, you'd be ready for that action. That 4 5 finna come out. Click, click. <laughs> ain't nobody here. Yeah, ain't nobody oh, playing. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. There's the door. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> click, click. Uh, but. Total respect for New Jack. Total respect for New Jack. Let me say that real quick. Total respect for him, but come on, man. Come on, man. Let's not act like we ain't seen him do some things. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> but, you know, all in all for me, my question to y'all, what can, what can, Dude, why are you sitting around? Yeah, I'm really like, uh, like you in the echo chamber right now. Yep. Uh, is it working now? Yeah. There we go. Okay. What can um since we're talking about rest, what can the wrestling business do better than they, you know, than they have been in the last I, I, 20 years? I know. With age comes different experiences. But I, like, you know, I, my two things I don't know, really want to see improve from, from everybody. I want to see I want to see A better stories. Even though there has been some great ones over the, the past few years, but I want to see better, better top to bottom stories. I want to see better selling. And I feel like that speaks more to the to the AEW side of things, but I want to see better selling, and I want to see people speaking not from written promos, but I want to I want to see um, superstars, wrestlers get back to doing their own promos and like in true character development. I feel like that's where the wrestling business truly has gotten lost. Not I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm not saying that everybody has that ability, but I'm saying that give us an era of of seeing who can talk nowadays. Let's see. Absolutely not. You're not gonna waste my time and my money trying to see if you know how to talk. Or not. Well, if a guy's talented in the ring enough, but he can't talk. What you're, I, I was always under the impression that what you're supposed to do is if he's, if he's, if he checks all the boxes, except for his promos, you're supposed to put him with a manager yeah. who can talk and do the talking for that him. That was always, that was that, the way I always learned it too. You, you give him a mouth. That is, yeah, that's that's what you're supposed to do, and that's, uh, I mean, go ahead and finish your point because that it just actually tied into what I would want to see change. But go, go ahead. That's that's basically like what I was saying though. Like I feel like give those that can't talk a mouthpiece and let those that can talk talk and build their characters organically. Um, listening to Jim Cornette, 
him and Brian Lels was talking, and they they literally said like Austin three sixteen was was straight from the the mouth of Austin. Do do you smell what the Rock is cooking? Was straight from the mouth of the Rock. This wasn't something that was written for him. The the Four Horsemen, the name of the greatest faction of all time, was was straight out the mouth of of one person off the top of their head. The, the best wrestling promos come from come from the person, and it's not written for him. And I just want to. I, I, but the worst, but the worst promos come from. Come from yeah, because sometimes, you, uh, sometimes, sometimes a uh, a wrestler can be given a good promo, but then don't say it right. They say it in the wrong tone, or they don't say it in the right emotion. So some of the stuff is fine for what the writers give them, but then the talent doesn't go out and properly execute it. That I think. That does. The happen. writers fucking gave Roman Reigns supper and succotash. You talked about you, they they you brought up the um, the uh, Austin thing. People forget it's not so much that that came from that that came out of his mouth. You think about what that what that went what went into that moment. And why? Think of the whole promo. The whole promo before he said that he was he was hot. The promo was hot the minute he stepped on the stage and said, "Get that piece of trash out my ring." Exactly. He 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 had just got out of it. You know he he would he had just won the king of the ring. He walks up to he walks up to to Doc Hendricks, uh, Michael Michael Hayes. And he gives you quite possibly one of the greatest promos ever. Again, he was he was thinking about it, walking up the walking up the steps. Get that piece of trash out of my ring. He said, "You walk around here you're, with your Bible thumping, talking about your John three sixteen, Austin three sixteen says I Boom. just your ass. Mic drop, fucking mic drop. Think Sorry. about this for a second. Think about." Think about how how what's going on in that moment. Here I am, you know. I, he probably doesn't give a shit about the 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 king of the ring. Let's be real. He he's the only person to win king of the ring and not play yep. it up. Didn't sit in the, didn't sit at the throne. Didn't put the didn't put the crown on. Didn't pick a scepter up. And was not called King Austin after that. Nope. Everybody before and after did something with that did something with it he's the only one that said you know I won and now I'm going he, he called out his next opponent which I believe was Bret Hart and he started going and that's when he started going after Bret but he get he gives you that promo out of the split even and you he knew he didn't know that was going to hit as hard as it did. He didn't know that the people were going to get behind him because, again, he wasn't a baby face. He was a heel. Jake Roberts was the baby face in that match. And he sat up there and blasphemed God on national pay-per-view. You talk about your John 316s, the most famous scripture. Everybody knows John three sixteen. 
For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Everybody knows that one. That one in Genesis 1 and 1 and Revelate, the last chapter of Revel, uh, the last verse of Revelation. But everybody knows John 3.16 and so here you are on national pay-per-view blaspheming the name of God and believe me, there's a whole bunch of uh, hard up evangelicals who lost their minds that evening. Would you sit here and blaspheme God and then turn around and the next night they didn't even have shirts ready. The next night they had thousands of signs that said Austin 316. They just took off. They, they there was took nothing off like wildfire. There was nothing they could do about it. Again, it came so cold. But just think about if he had said, you know, no, you talk about your Psalms, you talk about your John 316s, that's what he said. But think about that. What if he had said, you know, you talk about your Psalms, Psalms 23, or Austin 23 says, it doesn't work. It's not the same. But the fact that he had just enough knowledge of the Bible to say, you talk about your Psalms, you talk about your, you talk about your John, your John 316s, and boom, Austin 3.16. And, and you're off to the races at that point. But you don't get that because there are so many other guys who honestly don't know. You're not going to have everybody that has a great catchphrase. You're not going to have everybody that's a great talker. I'm going to be real with y'all. I When I was wrestling, I didn't talk often. I I had a, I had a ballet and I literally walked to the ring, I whooped ass, and I left. And when we did our interview spots, when we did our interview spots, I wouldn't talk. Now, the hilarity is, because it was a small promotion, off camera, I was a whole different personality, and I talked all the time. So the promoter knew that I could talk, knew that I could make up loved me. I was the best commentator he had. But he never questioned, well, Rob, why don't you... Why don't you talk more on camera as your character? Because he knew that for my character, I didn't need it. I was the biggest guy there. I was, and, and I carried myself as such. So all I needed to do was show up in, in the in the now infamous words of, of Roman Reigns, show up, wreck shit, and leave. That's, that's all I had to do. I let all of my talking work for me in the ring. And then I then what I started doing as the as, as a commentator and, and eventually as a color commentator was I made my color commentating my color commentator uh person persona family. I made him related. Now that now my wrestling persona was the nephew of my color commentary guy. So on color, I, I'm, I'm hyping my nephew up who's wrestling later on in the show. And then, I, and then you know, the color commentator would leave the show. You know, I got something to do. You know, you know my nephew or my nephew doesn't like me out here when, I, when, I, when he's uh, performing or what have you. And, and, that, and that, that was my reason for not being on camera during my nephew's matches. 
but but just something like that. I didn't have a catchphrase. I didn't need one. The Rock is great because he's charismatic as hell, and he gave you a thousand catchphrases. Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? You know, know your role and shut your mouth. It doesn't matter what your name is. You, you, he, dude, his charisma sold all of that stuff. Hogan. Well, let me tell you something, brother. And the thousand, you know, the the millions of Hulkamaniacs. Macho Man was was walking charisma, but not everybody knew how to talk. Dusty has one. Pro- I mean, Dusty doesn't have one promo. Let's call it what it is. But Dusty's known for one promo. But he's known as one. Of the, but he's known as one of the best talkers, and he's known for one promo. Because sometimes that's all you need. But I don't want to waste time yep. on these guys because a lot of these guys don't learn the charisma side of it. Mick Foley knew when he was jumping off houses that I still have to be charming. I still have to be charismatic. And so he let a little bit of dude love creep in for Mankind and Cactus Jack so that they could be as entertaining. But not everybody gets that. Uh, Jake Hager is not a great talker. That's why they put him with uh, with Dutch Mantel, aka Zeb Coulter. Brock Lesnar is not a strong talker. Brock Lesnar kicks ass. Put him in the ring and let him do what he do. His voice doesn't match his body. Brock Lesnar is That's an true. octave lower than Alvin from the Chipmunks. Straight up, you've heard him talk. His his voice doesn't match his body. I, if I if I'm being threatened by this guy with his voice, I'm laughing my ass off at him. Now it changes when I gotta look at him, but if I gotta listen to it, like, dude, who the hell is this kid threatening me? Not this kid. That's a that's that's a six nine three hundred pound man, like. bro. I, I said, he's I said what? Six, he sounds like he's not He's not six But you, you, you catch, you know. Bro, I six foot three. I said I was like not six nine, but yeah, I got what you mean. Childish. Okay, gosh. Again, but his voice ain't terrifying, is what I'm saying. Go ahead, since. You took over, Rob. What do you think the uh, WWE or professional wrestling itself can improve on in the next 10 to 15 years? I, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, and I, I, I caught what you, uh, which the little shade that you threw there, DB. Hey, I need uh, you to DB, understand uh, something, try, sir. Try helping Murph get back in. <laughs> well, I don't know how you utilize it. Try help Murph get back in. Uh, 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 but just to just to be kind in in what he's and what he was asking of me, at the end of the day, the in order to move forward, you have to go back. And I'm not telling you that I'm not telling you anything that people don't already know. At the end of the day, you have to get back to white meat baby faces and black hat and black hat heels. It has to be white hat. 
you have to get back to to establishing that. Now again, there's always there's always going to be shades of gray, but everybody can't be Austin. And I think there's far too many people trying to be that. Far too many people trying to be the cool heel. Everybody's trying to be, you know, Big Daddy Cool. Everybody's trying to be Austin. Everybody's trying to be Steve Hawk. I mean, uh, Scott Hall, um, where they, they get to be the cool heel, where they get to say all the cool stuff. Um, no, you need you you need guys who are classic heels like MJF. You need guys that are classic bad guys who just walk out, punch you in the mouth, and dare you to do something about it. If you're if you're planning on the on the business surviving another fifty to hundred years, that's what you have to get back to. Um, and you have to drive again. The, the thing is, there's no there's no waning interest in those who want to do the job, and they're coming from all across the board. WWE just signed a chick that was the that was a a draft pick. No, I'm sorry, she was a she was drafted into the WNBA. You know what I'm saying? She's look at look at somebody like Bianca Belair, who clearly could be doing other things, and st- still says, "No, nah, I want to be a professional wrestler." So you still have people who have grown up wrestling fans that still want to be wrestlers. So embrace that. Make make product and make make a product that appeals to those people. And there's room for every the, the thing is, I I disagree with Vince McMahon on this on this thing. There's room enough for everybody at the table. I'm gracious enough as the head of the table to let y'all sit at the table. But there's room enough at the table. So while there was a need for the business to do what it did in going um, in going national and eventually global, there's still there's still a place for the territories. There's still a place for people to have, you know, local shows that are booked and that feed that, that feed into these larger promotions. And there needs to be a renaissance to going back to those types of shows. But those people need to put a, put a premium on their product too. Don't just show me, you know, six matches where half the cats didn't even invest in themselves. Nobody goes to the gym. Nobody shaved their back. <laughs> I just got to watch old out of shape niggas fight all the time. I don't want to see that. Got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. Um... <clears throat> All right, well, 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 hold on. I'm trying to see if Murphy's gonna come in here before we close this thing out. Uh, so DB, 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 DB. As the the, the BGTW World Heavyweight Champion, let me let me ask you this question, sir. So, exclude our match from TLC. Exclude that match. If you make it to the Royal to the Royal Rumble. And you find yourself in a triple threat match with the Kilimanjaro himself and whoever comes out of the, the TV championship uh, match. What do you think your your odds are on winning and becoming the the, the dual champion? Well, it's not if, it's when I make it to the Royal Rumble. Uh, I'm going to do what I did already. 
going to scale Mount Kilimanjaro and come back unscathed. I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. I'm going to become the first double champ. Uh, like I was talking about wrestling history. That's what I do. That's what I am. I'm a trailblazer. I'm an innovator. I, I'm the first to do everything. I'm the first. I'm that guy. I'm the man. So I'm not worried about if. You know, it's already been written. It's my destiny. I'm already ordained. That's just who I am. I'm the emperor of this nation. I'm the leader. I'm the top dog. And at the end of the day, everybody just has to follow line. Okay. And it is what it is. Rob, sir. So with you just hanging in the background and, and having this this rematch clause like in your hands, just just plotting for, for the perfect time. Like what are your what are your thoughts about about the Royal Rumble uh dual championship match? What are your thoughts about that? Again, I I told you guys a long time ago, and I hope the DB is listening because he seems to be taking a lot of pointers and a lot of uh, a lot of liberties with the things that I've said uh, in times past. So I could see clearly that he's taking notes. Um, but he, he's, you know, they say that um, it's cool to be a copycat as long as you copy the right cat. And, and he's he's doing what he's supposed to do. He just doesn't have the the swag down yet. He doesn't have the flow to it. It'll come. As his confidence builds, when he real when he when he starts to really start to feel himself, maybe. But until then, uh, he can talk about scaling Kilimanjaro all he wants to. At the end of the day, again, you you look at it as if it's an easy, as it's some easy feat, as if uh, your your time in, in trying to climb the mountain was something that that you did without uh, sweat on your brow and bruises and calluses on your hands, sir. Again. Uh, every encounter that you have with me will be life changing for you. Uh, I may not be your savior. I may not be uh, your God, but I can tell you I am one. And what I do know is that every time that you have to face me uh, or even every time that you face me, that you will be changed. Now, here's also what I want you to understand. Notice that I'm giving you opportunities to prove yourself to me. I'm giving you opportunities. And every time you you have you face an opportunity I, I notice what you do and in the match that you had with uh last evening against Murph uh it came down uh much like our match did to, to the to the last to the last little bit and, and there was sweat on your brow even when you faced Murph which lets me know that you're not you're still not as confident as you need to be in order to be the emperor that you say you are um, there's an old fairy tale that went from when I was a child that talked about uh, the emperor when he got new clothes and he didn't realize that the people uh, that he had placed around him had fooled him and they had they, instead of giving him a new wardrobe uh, they had him walking around the streets naked and he, he but he walked out there proudly uh, though it looked embarrassing from the other side uh, he was out there uh, all exposed and 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 free for the for the people to see and they all laughed and they made jokes 
uh, because he was under the impression that these clothes were so fine uh, that nobody else uh, could afford them and nobody else uh, could even fathom them the way that he did. And that's who you are. You're, you're simply an emperor walking around uh, with your ass out. So I need you to understand that when I feel like taking my title back, I will. So for right now, as I've told you before, you're just a child playing in daddy's shoes. And I hope you okay. enjoy the time. Um, DB's going to definitely have to hear this, the ending part of this. Uh, his his Wi-Fi checked out and kicked him out. But again, goosebumps. This 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 is going to be very interesting going into 2021 with us here at Black Guys Talking About Wrestling. We have our World Television Championship. We have our World Heavyweight Championship. We have our former World Heavyweight Champion, Mr. Caleb Manjaro himself here with me right now, your former World Television Champion. And then we have the champion. You will not compare me in this. Wait a second. No. Much like the start of this show, what you will not do is try and use any any former title with me in order to pull yourself up to my level, sir. What you will not do is try and draw comparison for the listeners out there or for the people within the BGTW. We are not the same, sir. We are not alike. Not even close. Though I'm not the heavyweight champion, sir, I am still the head of the table. I don't need a championship. You do. You need a championship per your words in order to feel whole and to be made complete. I am complete without it. So get it right. You may I may be for a former champion. So let me ask you this nothing, question. Uh, there is nothing unchampion so like about it, sir. <clears throat> if you decide to use your your rematch clause for for the Royal Rumble, for the Royal Rumble and make that a triple threat match how would you feel being a not only a two-time BGTW World Heavyweight Champion but for the first time the BGTW World Television Champion how, how would you feel I would feel the same way that I feel right now as if I am who I say I am. I am the head of the table. I am Kilimanjaro. I am the standard bearer. I am the mountaintop. I am the pinnacle in which you hope to reach. I, I don't need the titles in order to do that. I'm simply flexing when I do things like that if I choose to do so. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, well, this has been another fantastic episode of Black Guys Time About Wrestling. I have been the Young Blood Way, along with the realist Kilimanjaro himself, Rob. I still don't like the way that you say my name, man. So we, I'm gonna <laughs> thank let you, you all slide, so though. much for listening. Peace out. <laughs>